Cross Country Consulting is a trusted advisor to Fortune 500 companies, emerging growth market leaders, and private equity sponsors. The firm solves today's most pressing challenges and creates present and future enterprise value with tailored, integrated solutions for accounting, risk, technology-enabled transformation, and transactions. Working as a strategic partner and collaborative part of your team, Cross Country helps you to see around corners to generate value for your business. The future-ready business, in sight and within reach. Go to crosscountry-consulting.com to learn more. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling. Welcome to Office Hours, where we sit down with the world's most important chief executives and answer your most pressing questions about leadership, career, and life. I'm Mike Steib. Today, we're joined by one of my favorite people, Everett Taylor. Everett is the CEO of the global crowdfunding platform Kickstarter, formerly the founder of multiple successful digital marketing businesses, and most importantly for me, he was the CMO of Artsy, where he and I worked together transforming the world of art collecting. He's graced the cover of Black Enterprise and been recognized as one of the world's most influential CMOs by Forbes. He's even had his portrait painted by famous artists Henry Taylor and Otis Cuoco, and he's only 33 years old. Everett, my good friend, welcome to the show. Man, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me, man. All right, Everett, as you know, the format here is a lot like real-life office hours. Our listeners have questions for the CEO, and we answer them. The theme of the questions we selected today ranges from marketing to product, personal career challenges, and uh, a really fun one, I'm going to say, for the end. Jen and the team have teed them all up for us, and we're going to let it rip. You ready? I'm cool. Let's go. Okay. Hi, this is Kate from Mountain View. I'm early in my career, and it is my goal to make it to CEO before 40. You both made CEO at a pretty young age. Can you talk about the path there and what I should be doing now to make fast progress? I like this. I like Kate's this ambitious. Well. We're starting off. We're starting off hot. Yeah, I love it. Everett, tell everybody a little bit about your background. My background is a little bit unorthodox because I, you know, dropped out of college at 19 and I started my first company. Um, started my first company, sold it in a couple years. And, and over the course of that next decade, you know, I was taking different marketing and business roles so I could learn, you know, more about the skills that I needed to, you know, run a company at a higher, bigger level, but also at the same time, starting my own companies and getting that entrepreneurial experience and that CEO experience at that level. And so it was the balance of knowing that I could, through my side hustles, get a feel for what it was like to run a business. 
right? Which was super important. But at the same time, I understood there were certain skills that I needed to acquire that I couldn't gain from just a small business or a small startup. And so I always kept that balance of starting my own things, gaining that experience, but also combining it with the experience that I needed at bigger companies. So you were very intentional about the things you wanted to learn. Yes. And you filled in those blanks with side hustle. Yes. I think that is a super valuable point. I would share with you, Kate, uh, earlier in my career, I had, I had not started a business yet like Everett had. I was in like a corporate job. I was looking around and I was saying, what am I, you know, I going to do with myself? I know that I want to run a business someday and I'm looking at this long ladder to get to leadership. And so I did this exercise that I just, I recommend to anyone who asks me a question like this. I went, I just looked up the bios of people who had jobs, like I wanted to be a CEO. I found CEOs I respected and admired. I studied their bios and I wrote down the things that they had to be really good at to do that job and to do it well. And then I compared those things to where I was today in my job. And I made, it was a very, very long list. But a list of things that I was going to do, either in my job, in my side hustle, or in the next job I was going to take, that would start to fill in those blanks. Next up, we've got Jeff in Atlanta. Hey, Mike and team. This is Jeff from Atlanta. I'm in sales, and I want to move into a more strategic function. So I'm wondering if you think I should leave my job and get an MBA. I didn't go to a top-tier college, and I'm wondering if this would help. Thanks. You know, what's so interesting is that I'm a college dropout. I actually dropped out of college three times. I don't have a bachelor's degree. I don't have an MBA. I don't have any of that. Um, I remember growing up and, you know, people be like, you know, you have a degree from the the school of hard knocks. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I think growing up in my experiences of seeing a lot of things and and being around a lot of different types of people um, and seeing both the element of people not having much and then throughout my life seeing people who have so much you talk about the art world it gave me this this greater understanding of people in general and what i've learned uh in my career when it comes to strategy and thinking about marketing product and all these things and even being a ceo it really boils down to understanding people and having empathy for people when you're building products, when you're thinking about marketing, when you're thinking about running people in HR, when you're thinking about um, how you're communicating externally and internally, it all boils down to people. And I think that's been my superpower. A degree can't give you that. Um, and so the structure of college and universities and seeing people go down the same paths didn't really, um, you know, wasn't attractive to me. Some uh, researchers at Harvard did a a long-term study on not just CEOs, but high-performing CEOs. And they found that 7% had an Ivy League degree and 8% had no degree. So if you look at the top level and you're just looking at who's in the org chart and who's got, you know, the fanciest LinkedIn, it tends to skew towards MBAs and towards uh, top college degrees. If you go one level deeper and say who actually makes CEO, 63% of public company CEOs do not have an MBA. And if you go a level deeper than that, who's really performing? Man, it does not matter. Yeah. The degree doesn't matter. What matters is if you put yourself out there, have you leaned into challenging situations? Have you learned from them? And do you carry the burden of servant leadership? So we come all the way back then to Jeff's question was, hey, man, I'm in sales. I want to get out of sales. 
Jeff, I would say if you have, if you do an exercise like the one I did, where you identify the gaps between where you are and the things you would have to learn to move into and be good at a role and something else, if the only way to fill that gap for you is through school, I would say go to school. Um, if you can fill those gaps with side hustle, by taking on other projects or finding somebody to take a bet on you and put you into a new role. Personally, I'd try that because it saves you two years, saves you the high investment cost of your MBA. And honestly, there is echoing Everett's sentiments. There is no better way to learn than by doing it. And there's no greater asset in your career than all the time you take engaging with people in these challenging situations and learning from them. Who's next? Hi, this is Maria from New York. And my question is for Everett. Everett, I love marketing and I'm trying to decide if it's the best way to a senior leadership role is through the brand marketing path or the growth marketing path. I'm not like a creative genius or anything, but I love great brands. So any advice from a former CMO, like you would be really helpful. Everett, take that one away. Yeah, that's that's actually a great question. So interestingly enough, you look at my career, it's kind of split a little bit half and half. Um, earlier in my career, especially at early stage startups, like growth was super important, like being like a data driven, growth minded performance marketer. And so like the early days in which I was doing marketing, I was really fo focused on performance marketing, SEO, lifecycle marketing, and really focused on growth channels. But as I looked around, like Mike um, made this point of like, you know, if you want to get to CEO, you want to get to CMO, like looking at the profiles, what I realized was that a lot of the senior leaders in marketing and CMOs were brand creative content people, you know, that were also like analytically sound, but a lot of them came from more of a brand and creative background when I looked across many of the CMOs that I was seeing across companies. And I think it's because the skill sets of growth aren't necessarily always tied to maybe the best people managers or um, understanding the brand um, uh, at a large scale. Like they, you know, the person that is really good at SEO or the person that's really good at, you know, performance marketing might not be able to think about the brand in a way that's needed for senior leadership roles, but also um, may not be the person that is, uh, equipped to deal with lots of people because the 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 secret to leadership and, and getting to these senior leadership roles is you're doing less of the actual work itself. It's a lot of you know talent management, hiring the right people, recruiting, uh, managing egos, and making the right decisions. And so for me. I saw that I needed to equip myself with more brand creative and content skills, especially on the brand side, um, because I felt like I could get the right growth people underneath underneath me to do those types of things. You definitely have to be competent at all of the functions within marketing, including, as Everett noted, uh, uh, leadership. You have to be a good manager, but you're going to have to be extraordinary at one of them if you want to be an executive leading that function. And Maria, my, you know, my advice for what it's worth is you're most likely to be extraordinary at whichever one of these gets you most excited. Cross Country Consulting is a leading provider of specialized finance, operations, and technology advisory services. As a trusted advisor to Fortune 500 companies, 
emerging growth market leaders, and private equity sponsors, the firm solves today's most pressing challenges and creates present and future enterprise value with tailored, integrated solutions for accounting, risk, technology-enabled transformation, and transactions. They are a distinctly different type of advisory firm founded on a core set of values and an unwavering commitment to creating a better experience for their people. Their unique culture enables them to attract and retain the best talent in the industry, who in turn provide exceptional service to their clients. Working as a strategic partner and collaborative part of your team, Cross Country helps you to see around corners to generate value for your business. Headquartered in Washington, D.C., Cross Country has employees across the United States and in strategic international locations. The future-ready business, in sight and within reach. Go to crosscountry-consulting.com to learn more. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So, buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So, how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less, like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, Take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. Hi, Mike. This is June. Um, I wanted to ask you something because the founder of our company has recently started telling everyone that we have to become growth hackers in order to grow our audience and stay in business. The problem is that everyone is afraid to ask him what exactly growth hacking is. Can you please explain this and tell me how I can learn it? Well, I picked this question out of the out of the hat because you were here, Everett. So <laughs> tell tell our tell our you know the majority of the folks listening to this podcast today aren't marketers, but yeah. they hear all these terms. Like help us help us get our heads around what is the job? What yeah. does it take? And and then for for June, what's growth hacking? 
Yeah. Um, so funny enough, I don't know if you knew this about me, Mike, but I actually co-founded growthhackers.com with Sean Ellis. I know everything who, about you. I knew that too. <laughs> that coined the term growth hacking. And what it comes down to, when it comes down to growth hacking, you know, when you think about growth hacking, it's really uh, was a way for startups that were emerging um, in Silicon Valley that didn't have big budgets to strategically come up with hacks to accelerate growth, right? So one of the classic examples was Craigslist. Airbnb uh, used to list all of their listings on Craigslist. Seems creepy now, but it worked out for them. Um, but when you really break what growth hacking down is, it's just really smart, analytically driven marketing. It's like being creative, um, understanding there's a problem to solve to get scale, understanding that you know budget may be a restraint or uh, manpower may be a restraint, but being creative um, and innovative with your marketing, but also making sure that you're data driven and that you're keeping yourself honest through that data. That's really what it all comes down to. And that's what marketing is. Marketing is trying to solve complex problems to get scale and do things that are engaging to people. Um, and so you could put fancy titles around it, like growth hacking and et cetera, et cetera. But all it is, is just great, innovative marketing. Perfect answer. Thank you. I, I would also, I would note for you, June, when you're, when you hear questions like this from leadership or just when you approach your job, it's always good to ask yourself, like, what is my leadership team really worried about? The founder of your company is not really worried about growth hacking. He's worried about growing users and growing revenue. All right. So Philip, who says he's followed you, Everett, on social media for a long time, like many people do, he has, he has a good one for you. Hi, my name is Philip, and I have a question about social media. So Everett, you have more followers than a lot of CMOs and CEOs at some of the biggest companies in the world. How do I grow my following? Can you buy followers or is there some other way to get an edge? Is it worth the effort? Thanks. Yo, I have been wanting to ask him this question for years. <laughs> Everett, how do we all get more followers? Yeah, you know, um, I was very lucky early on because one, I grew a lot of my following um, during a time where it was a lot easier to grow faster on the social media networks. Also, I kind of cheated because I created a software called Pop Social, which uh, <laughs> was an automation tool that helped me grow my following greatly over uh, the course of a few years. With that being said, um, what I've learned um most recently is on LinkedIn because LinkedIn is a channel that I hadn't used a lot. Um, and if you look at my LinkedIn following, I have like 20 some thousand followers, but it, it pales in comparison to most of my uh, channels. Um, but what I realized was a few key things about LinkedIn. One is having a unique perspective or voice that you can give. And I've seen that not only on LinkedIn being, you know, a young CEO, um, being in a position that I am and having a very unique view and take on the world and, and, and take on business and being able to be vocal about it. And so when you're thinking about growing your social media, think about what is your superpower? What is the thing that makes you special and makes you stand out? 
Like I know I can't just sit there and like take selfies all day and grow super fast. But I do know if I'm giving out very solid business advice or being able to be vulnerable, like a lot of execs aren't willing to do. That was kind of my sweet spot. And it helped me grow um, on other social media platforms. And I see how it's helping me grow pretty fast on LinkedIn. Number two is just like consistently studying best practices, the algorithm and what's going on. You know, if you're using Instagram or using these other channels, you need to know what's actually driving engagement. Right now on a lot of channels, uh, on a lot of social media platforms is video, it's reels, it's TikToks, all of that is video, 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 video. So you can create all the static content that you want, but if you're not creating engaging videos, then it doesn't matter. And so again, number one, finding your unique perspective and voice and talent on social media. And number two, uh, really studying what is the best practices. And number three is something I don't even do well, but it's like, you know, velocity, like continuing to post, being consistent all the time, posting, 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 posting. I would, uh, one other thing I'd noticed, Everett's the best at this, so I have very little to add other than if you follow the companies who own these social media platforms, like read the articles about them or listen to their earnings calls, they're telling you, without telling you directly, how you can win on those platforms. So there was a moment where everything Google cared about was mobile web because they were competing with Apple and they were worried all the traffic would go to apps. Well, if you really wanted great SEO on your website, the answer was right there. Have an awesome mobile optimized website. If you listen to the earnings calls for Meta, all they are asked by their analysts is, what about TikTok? What about TikTok? So where do you think the algorithm on, on Instagram is being tuned up now? It's being tuned up to reward everyone who puts content like TikTok content, which is short form videos on Instagram. So pay attention to the game at the, at the top level where the money's made, and you'll know how the game's going to be played where the followers come. Yep, absolutely. All right. Oh, this next one I love. This is a product question. <sighs> Hi, Mike. This is Amanda. So I love both of your company's products, the design, the utility, all of it. It's so hard to make a product or a feature that really stands out. So I was wondering what advice do you have for people trying to build really, truly great apps? You know, I'll take the first bite at this. And then Everett, there's something I really want to talk with you about. Uh, my last company was called The Knot. And the a new team came in at the Knot in like 2013. And at the time, the company was very much a web 1.0 content and display advertising business. And the new team came in and we had this idea, which was look, all these people are planning their weddings. The Knot helped people plan weddings. And what do they really need? Well, like the, the luckiest 20% of people have the money to pay a wedding planner. And the wedding planner like takes all the problems away from your wedding. The other 80% had to do it themselves and it's overwhelming and it's expensive and it's intimidating. And we're like, what if we use, what if we build software that will be as good as a wedding planner for every person in America? Give everybody that joy. And we honestly did not know how to make money with it. We're like, I don't know, do you charge for it? Do you just keep running advertising? Do you build a marketplace right away? All these, uh, you know, hypotheticals. But we're like, first, let's build an awesome product. And we had to rebuild the technology stack and the team and all of it. But building the awesome product started with saying, what is a really special thing I can do for someone? What is a human a human journey, a human problem that we can solve with technology or help solve with technology? And once you do that, the business will follow. 
Everett, you and I were in a meeting together and we were talking about the artsy product. And now for those of you who aren't art collectors, artsy is an amazing way to collect art. The product's come a long way in the three years that Everett and I worked together. Everett had a complaint about the product. Do you remember? You told the team a quote by Gucci Mane. Yes. And then you explained what was deficit in the product. Please tell us. It didn't have a sauce. <laughs> so tell everybody <laughs> the quote and then tell us tell us what you meant because it was so on the money. Yeah, it's it's uh, the sauce is is that special thing. It's that special thing that makes you know if if a person has a sauce, you know you can't you know you can't be born with the sauce. You got you gotta you gotta you gotta have that sauce. You gotta acquire that sauce. And um, you know, artsy, you know, for as long as it had been around, and it was such an amazing app and and, and company, it didn't have the sauce. It didn't have that thing that was going to be engaging and bringing people back every single day with that must have experience and i and i love what you've been able to do at artsy because it we've uh, you guys and while i was there we completely changed that experience on the app so gucci Mane says a man must have the sauce but a man can get lost in the sauce is that the quote? Is that the, I'm, now we never got into what does it mean to be lost in the sauce because i've got so much sauce now in my new app i'm is there a risk yeah. Well, you can get you can get lost. You can get lost in the sauce because once you have that level of swagger or, or, or start to get that success, you got to continue to remain you hungry, hungry and humble. And you got to continue right. to understand that like that has to continue to develop. And you got to continue to get better. So you can't get lost in the sauce. Now, I love Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. Tell me what's the sauce in Kickstarter or what's the sauce that it needs? The sauce that Kickstarter needs right now is very similar to artsy right where it's like when people wanted and needed to buy art they were coming to artsy that was the number one place that they were coming right but what about engaging them on a consistent basis and finding ways to engage them on a more regular basis because here's the thing if someone's being engaged on a regular basis they're gonna buy more art. they're gonna buy more art so the it, hunger, not the yeah, steak. Yes, absolutely. So Kickstarter, it's so funny. I, I talk to Mike all the time and I'm like, I'm running your playbook in so many ways because I understand that for Kickstarter to become successful, it can't be this ephemeral experience where like, hey, your buddy Joe has a new e-bike and you go and you pledge to that and then you don't use Kickstarter for two years. We need to create experiences where people are going to be engaged and find it interesting to engage their niche interests. The same way at Artsy, we knew if you were into black figurative art or photography, we needed to create personalized experiences and the content and the things that you wanted to see to see to make people more engaged. And that's the sauce that Kickstarter is missing and that I'm currently working on is creating engaging content and personalized experiences, machine learning, all of that to make sure that every time you land on Kickstarter, you're seeing the things that you're going to most likely be interested in and finding ways to continue to engage people back onto the app so they can support more people. I love it. Uh, next, we've got Eileen, who is an HR professional in Bentonville. Hey, Everett. I was excited to see that your company was experimenting with a four-day work week. Do you recommend it? Oh. <laughs> New mic. Everett, why don't you go first? All right, I'll, I'll, I'll go first. Um, so this is my first time experiencing anything like a four-day work week. And um, I really, really uh, know the importance of work-life balance. And I do love that Kickstarter values 
work-life balance, but I also understand the importance of making certain sacrifices when you're in the trenches and trying to get to a certain place. And so uh, it's been interesting balancing that, right? Balancing, you know, a four-day work week where it becomes more difficult to fit all your meetings and everything that you need to do in one week into four days. Um, And it can be a little bit limiting, but also we've seen the highest retention ever at Kickstarter. Since I started five months ago, not one single person has quit. People are overall a lot happier, um, but there still remains to be seen if that is the right move for Kickstarter long-term. Everybody's got to manage their own sort of work and life and all that stuff. But one thing I'd encourage, and encourage anyone who has this question on their mind to, to take a look at, is if you're hoping to do your job less, is it the right job for you? If you wake up and you're thinking, boy, thank goodness the four days are over, so now I don't have to do that for the next three, did you did you find the thing that you really want to build? And, and give yourself the gift on that fifth day when you're not working, <laughs> maybe a Kickstarter or another company practicing this, uh, trying this out, like open up a blank notebook and just start writing down like, what are the things you want to build and create in your, in your life? And it might, be a, it might be community, it might be family, it might be a product you want to build, it might be a team you want to build, a mission, a service. But when you find that thing, you are going to be so motivated by it that no one's ever going to have to tell you when to work. And you're never going to have to ask someone, when do you have to work? You're going to use the precious minutes in your life to build the things that you're proud of with the people who you love doing it with. And that might be work and it might be community and it might be church. You'll figure out what those things are for you. But if you're, if you're asking the question, how do I do what I'm doing less? I, don't, I just would really encourage you to also ask the question, what do I wish I was doing instead? Great response. Cross Country Consulting is a leading provider of specialized finance, operations, and technology advisory services. As a trusted advisor to Fortune 500 companies, emerging growth market leaders, and private equity sponsors, the firm solves today's most pressing challenges and creates present and future enterprise value with tailored, integrated solutions for accounting, risk, technology-enabled transformation, and transactions. They are a distinctly different type of advisory firm founded on a core set of values and an unwavering commitment to creating a better experience for their people. Their unique culture enables them to attract and retain the best talent in the industry, who in turn provide exceptional service to their clients. Working as a strategic partner and collaborative part of your team, Cross Country helps you to see around corners to generate value for your business. Headquartered in Washington, D.C., Cross Country has employees across the United States and in strategic international locations. The future-ready business, in sight and within reach. Go to crosscountry-consulting.com to learn more. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. 
Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling. All right, we have uh, Douglas in Brooklyn. I like this one. Seeing a company ran by a CEO who happens to be a minority is worth congratulating. So first, I want to congratulate you. Now that you have made it to the top, how will you ensure that other people who look like you have the opportunities to reach the top as well? Diversity and helping others is something that's extremely important to me. That's why I'm at Kickstarter. That's why I was at Artsy to support artists. Um, and so actively uh, mentoring others, giving people opportunities. Um, I'm right now really strategically thinking about how I can bring in diverse leaders uh, into Kickstarter or place them or help place them in other companies. And the first time I speak to anybody that's looking to get to, you know, the C-suite or a leadership level is I ask them, what is it that you want? Like, what is the path that you want? And have you strategically thought about what it's going to take to get there? And ultimately, is that the thing that's going to make you happy? And so what I would challenge you to challenge you to do is think about strategically what it is that you want out of life. Um, are you prepared to sacrifice and get there? Um, and if so, there's plenty of people like myself that provide mentorship, guidance um, and opportunities for people from diverse backgrounds looking to get a leg up. What should more companies be doing to be a, a better place for people who are black, for people of color, for people who aren't represented on boards and in C-suites enough today? And then how do we lift up more of those people into those senior positions? Yeah, that's a great question. I think number one is you're never going to be able to make the right choices if you're not willing to open yourself up to more diverse hires and, and get those perspectives. And if you don't have that diversity in the leadership suite, then you need to be able to reach out to others who are in those positions. If you, if you see someone like myself and others, reach out for guidance, reach out for consultation. Um, we love to get paid. So if you want to pay us for the, to pick our brain, we'll, we'll love that too. Um, but I think it's really, really important to understand that you have to make these decisions with the insight of someone that actually understands these backgrounds um, and these experiences and understanding, like I was talking to someone recently and they were talking about a package that they wanted to give to someone and they couldn't understand why this person didn't want to take more equity, right? <laughs> and the person was, you know, prioritizing cash. And I said, listen, this is a young black man who doesn't come from much doesn't have the ability to take the same risks 
as someone who may come from a privileged background and may want more equity and less cash, right? So depending on someone's perspective and their life experience, they may have different things that they need to take care of. And so understanding those things is so, so important. And at the time that person was, couldn't believe that person didn't want more equity and wanted to optimize for cash, but it's different experiences coming from where we come from. And so it's important to really challenge yourself to understand that, but also to lean on others who actually understand that. And also, and ultimately what you want to do is actually have that in your C-suite and in leadership positions at your company. I I think we are going to make business podcast history with this next question. (laughs) So let's hear it. Hey, this is Jessica from New York. You guys have both worked in the art market and collect art, and I personally have always wanted to start collecting. So I was wondering if you could offer up any advice on how to get started. Thank you. I told you the last one was going to be a fun one. You want to take this one first? I want you to take this one first because I've seen your collection. uh, Not to be a homer here, but like, you know, still to this day when people ask me, I talk about the talk about the artsy app because it is one of the best ways to learn and educate yourself. We have so much evergreen content or you all have so much evergreen content about collecting. Uh, once, once you're in the gang, you're always in the gang. It's, <laughs> it's our app. Um, and so, you know, I think the ability to uh, explore and, and learn about different artists and kind of figure out what your tastes are is super important. Um, but more importantly is to one, build relationships Um, build relationships with different collectors and people who know things in the space, whether it's curators, artists, collectors, et cetera, et cetera, and build relationships with gallerists. Uh, They're the gatekeepers in a lot of ways for the artists that you want. And so it's important to build those relationships. It's a relationship uh, driven business because there's only so many art pieces by an artist in any given year. And so it's important to have strong relationships there. Number two is like go see a bunch of art like go see a lot of it and uh, make sure that you're figuring out what you like and not what other people are telling telling you that you like. One of the things I was really impressed by you, Mike, was, you know, early on, like your your advisor might say this or that. And you were like, no, but I like this and I like that. And I think that's amazing trying to figure out or figuring out your own taste and and what you want. And lastly, uh, the thing that I would say is set a realistic budget set a realistic budget of what you can do. Um, and and I think that's super important because it can get addictive and get a little out of control sometimes. Yeah, I would say for our listeners, there is, I did not collect art before I was at Artsy. And I learned, having friends like Everett and others who were in the game, I really learned um, the art world, the art market, and got to know a bunch of artists. It's an absolute joy. You not only bring something into your home and into your life that's going to give you endorphins and you know make you happy every time you walk by it, uh, you also get to be a patron to a working artist who's trying to create a career around telling their story and bringing their art to the world. It's important and it and it feels good. So my suggestion to everyone is collect art. And Everett and I always joke. You only regret the paintings you don't buy. So if you see something and you love it and it's in your budget, like you're never ever going to wish that you hadn't. And I will note, because I love this so much, you slide into my DMs, you tell me your budget, you tell me three artists you like, I'll send you a link. I'll take care of you. 
That's dope. I love that. My friends, I hope you enjoyed the interview with Everett. I thought it was awesome sitting down with Everett, talking about marketing, career path, and all of it. You know, as I reflect on our chat, it strikes me, as a lot of people ask, what is the path to CEO? I have to tell you, not a lot of people get there by accident. And I think you heard it in our conversation with Everett today. This is someone who's had a plan, who's understood his gaps and the areas in which he's strong and where he needs to develop and has laid out a plan to get from where he started to the CEO of a very exciting company today. And I'd encourage all of you as you're thinking about that path for yourself, whether it's to CEO, CFO, see anything, whatever you see in the future for you. And if it's not in business, if it's politics, if it's writing, whatever it is, be deliberate. Execute a deliberate path to the impact you want to have with your career and the place where you want to end up. We also talked about some marketing stuff. You know, marketing can be buzzwordy. And what I loved about our conversation today is Everett brought it back to people say growth hacking. What they're really saying is find clever ways to reach your audience and get them to come to your product without spending a lot of money. So that's it, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. I did too. And we'll see you all next week. Don't forget, you can follow me online. You can hit me up anytime. Questions, feedback, I love to hear it. At Mike Steib on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. And if you want to get your question on the air with us, call us at 213-419-0596. Maybe you'll be on the next pod. Again, that number, 1-213-419-0596. Your questions and curiosity drive this podcast. I hope I hear from you. I want to thank Jen, Meg, Jada, Matt, and the whole team at Blue Duck Media for pulling this all together. Dylan and Christopher at iHeart and Ben and the team at William Morris Endeavor for all their support. I want to thank Baid, who's here in the studio with us and made all the magic. Office Hours is a production of Blue Duck Media and distributed by iHeart Radio. Have a great day, guys. I hope to see you next week. Cross Country Consulting is a trusted advisor to Fortune 500 companies, emerging growth market leaders, and private equity sponsors. The firm solves today's most pressing challenges and creates present and future enterprise value with tailored, integrated solutions for accounting, risk, technology-enabled transformation, and transactions. Working as a strategic partner and collaborative part of your team, Cross Country helps you to see around corners to generate value for your business. The future-ready business, in sight and within reach. Go to crosscountry-consulting.com to learn more. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. 
Hurry to smileactives.com/iheart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling.